This is a Four Sevens Network podcast. Foursevens.com. The Sniffer. Uh oh. It's the. What? Sniffer! <laughs> I haven't sniffed for a long time. Kicking it old school. You're going to kick me? No. no. <laughs> You're old school. I am. I'm old. I don't say old. Not old. <laughs> old. Well, actually, I have the first story today. Yes. And this is something that we talked about. We talked about it earlier this year and as well, I think, the other technology in the late part of 06. And you remember us talking about view pods in terms of real estate applications? Yeah. This was like a thing that you would go into like a little cabin, basically, and you would take a, a virtual tour of like a real estate development. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't go into a cabin. You'd go in <laughs> a viewing a suite. What yeah, do you want? Yeah, a cabin. <laughs> it sounds like a good thing you're going to the cottage. <laughs> going to your virtual cabin. Not cab. that kind of, you know, like a sauna cabin or something. Like a little... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you go into your cabin. <laughs> and then remember the photo whoosh? That thing that turns your mm. photographs into a three-dimensional experience? Yes. played around with the vectors? Yeah. Well, I saw something else. The International Broadcast Convention is coming up very, mm-hmm. very soon. And they are showing, a company called Flyer Surround Vision is showing something there, which is sort of taking the same kind of a technology. Um, it's sort of, you know what it looks like when you're in a planetarium or a dome movie theater, how immersive it is? Mm-hmm. But the problem with that technology is that it's so expensive and so static. It's set up one time only, and then they show that, and then it costs a lot to redo it. Right. Well, this German company has come up with a way to take that fully immersive experience and take it into a much smaller space. So you could use it, you know, like for a home, potentially for a home theater or um, like sales rooms or that sort of thing. So you could like project it on the ceiling or on the the walls, kind of everything. So with that sort of bent perspective, like you're in it again, like you're in walking through a room with a view pod or with this imagine if you're gaming you're literally in the game in the room and it can alter and shift and change with this new software to me what i thought was very interesting is that at least we've talked in the last six to seven months about three kinds of i think very similar projection uh, projection technique rather than having our virtual reality goggles it will be more like our vr space Mm -hmm. But that that plays into the whole thing that we've talked about before, which, which is, I'm sorry to say it, but the melding of the real and the virtual. Your experience of the world around you is a combination. Boy, it's days later and those snowbirds are still still going by. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's a long air show. Uh, <laughs> not so much about how you know, you're going to put on your goggles or go to your computer screen or whatever, but really that there'll be this sort of virtual overlay on top of real world. Oh, so this is how you get the game in. <laughs> what? That's no, your no, whole no, no, thing no. about going on those scavenger hunts. No, no, that was last season. I'm yeah. I have a whole new set of manias planned for this season. Oh, but no, but I mean, I think we're going to start to see that in more and more types of applications all the time as we have more yeah. and more mobile devices and more sophisticated um, display things. The other yeah. thing that this made me think about was how predictive the movie Minority Report I was know. in terms of its aesthetic, eh? I guess what they probably did was they probably just researched where scientific research into things like display was going. Yeah. So that's my story. And that's sort of, I don't know, I think it's kind of neat. But 
Now here's the yeah. fly in the ointment when it comes to the real and the virtual thing. There have been all these problems with Wi-Fi plans in cities in the States. Did you know, I didn't realize this, but something like uh, oh, just over 400 communities in the United States had launched initiatives to get Wi-Fi. How many? Over 400. But apparently a lot of them are starting to kind of falter or looking uncertain. And just this past week, uh, it now looks like Chicago's ambitious plans to put uh, wireless internet looks like it's on hold. Really? What seems to have happened is that the internet Wi-Fi service providers have basically said that their original business model doesn't actually look like it would pay them to do it, partly because people are not subscribing at the rates that they thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're sort of saying that they need the municipalities to put a lot more money into funding Wi-Fi. Business Week had this story about how this is happening a lot. Philly, Milwaukee, San Francisco have all run into these hitches. The issue is, I think, partly a little bit of chicken and egg. They don't have enough of a s- potential subscriber base so the plans are on hold, but because mm-hmm. the plans are on hold, they don't have enough of a potential subscriber base. I don't know. Well, remember, um, you and I talked about this for next years ago. Mm-hmm. And what they need, they probably think it was going to cost them nothing, but they need to establish what they, at least then, you know, all three years ago, were calling a mesh network which would mean there would be have to be some sort of like um, a hot spot on, say, on top of buildings or on hydro poles or whatever. You mean almost like with cellular, where you have to have exactly. a cellular Yeah, point. because you have to be able to maintain the signal mm-hmm. as you move wirelessly throughout the city. But it seems to me that this is a, a great opportunity for somebody to actually say, okay, we're going to step up to the plate like Sean Rogers did when they laid in all that coaxial cable, and now they're making money hand over fist as people come aboard. Yeah. And now I think the world is going wireless and in a huge way. So mm-hmm. I think that somebody potentially could stand to make an awful lot of money by building that infrastructure and then renting it out, much like um, when Bell put phone lines in. We used to have way more uh, public, you know, mass infrastructure plans that were funded by the state, too. I mean, think yeah. about the last spike in the Trans-Canada Railway and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. There was this really good article in The Globe a couple of weeks ago about Shaw and talking about all the billions of dollars that they'd made by, you know, having enough balls to mm-hmm. put it on the line and lay in all that cable. Well, anyway, I guess so that's it. That is the update for today from the Sniffer. Visit us at the blog, 47s.com yeah. slash the Sniffer for links to these stories and more, or join us on Facebook. Sure. <laughs> you yeah, never bye. go to Facebook anymore. <laughs> bye. Uh, no, yeah, that's another story for another time. She's yeah. still going to Facebook. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.